Hi, and welcome to Strangers on the Internet, a podcast about making online dating work for you. My name is Irina Manta, and I'm a professor at the Maurice Dean School of Law at Hofstra University. I'm also a dating coach and consultant to the dating app industry. And I'm Michelle Lang, a senior lecturer in psychology at Christopher Newport University in Virginia and a clinical psychologist in private practice. All views expressed on this podcast are our own and not our employers. While a cute pet picture can attract someone to your dating profile, pets can also be a major hindrance in romance. How and why might that be? Let's chat about it. I've been wanting to talk about this topic for a long time. How do pets help or hurt your dating life? And is there anything to be done about it? I've noticed lately a trend, especially of men complaining to me about the way that women's pets are creating complications. Michelle, as a therapist, are you getting the same vibe? Well, first of all, I can say as a therapist, I'm not, but I think there might be a reason for that, which is my clients always know very early on about the existence of my love of my life, my dog. And so maybe they have the good sense not to bring this up to me. Because I do work, my services are all virtual and I work from home. And part of my deal at this point is my dog is allowed in my home office and frequents it often. And that's just what works for the two of us. And so as a result, it has to work for my clients as well. So I always let them know about him off the bat and say, because one of the things he'll do is he has one of those hard, like, nyla bones or something like that and i have hardwood floors in my office and he will sit on the little chaise lounge and drop his bone off the side onto the floor and it makes like a loud crashing noise and he likes to do this during my sessions like maybe once a day he'll do it just to let me know and let whoever it is i'm talking to on the computer know that he exists and so because i know he's likely going to do that i give all my clients a warning i say if you hear a loud crashing noise in the background that's all that is don't worry about it everything's fine but maybe because i've said that to them they know not to bring up (laughs) pet frustration issues with me maybe they worry they wouldn't get an objective ear from me on that issue (laughs) so so i don't know but i can say you know, anecdotally in my own dating life and stories I've heard in dating about how there are issues that can come up with animals sometimes. So I think it's a great topic for conversation. I'm happy to lend my therapist perspective on how you might navigate through those issues if they come up. I'll also add, literally right before we got on to record today, I was actually a couple minutes late because right as I was walking up here to go turn on the computer to record and everything, my dog threw up. (laughs) So I was like, well, gotta go clean that up real quick. And it it does make you think about what if that was happening right when you were on your way out for a hot date? I I don't know that that would be super attractive to somebody if you're like, hey, sorry, I'm running late for a very sexy reason. And just like try to avoid mentioning that it's really that your dog threw up. (laughs) So he was sure to make his presence known today as well. I don't know if he approves of this topic. Oh, that's so funny, Michelle. Well, it, it's interesting because, I mean, I, I've had people talk to me about it, even though they know that I'm a dog lover, too. And, uh, you know, my dog has definitely made it very clear that she wants to be where she wants to be. I've had her kind of like crash into the room, uh, literally sort of finding ways, I guess, to open the door, even though she's pretty small. I can't read the door, door handle or anything. But if the door is like not perfectly shut or whatever, like she will push her way in. And uh, it's been a time of transition for us also because we had a second dog an older dog that died a couple months ago and you know while she was kind of struggling i think at first there are also ways in which she enjoys being an only dog now and she's become a little bit bratty about it all so uh, i i definitely i definitely hear you on the dogs making their presence known so look there are a lot of different issues here for what you have people who just don't like animals and and maybe they have like a medical reason like maybe they're allergic to dogs or to cats Um, maybe they're afraid because they've actually been attacked like bitten by a dog or something like that right so they really really don't want to date people with let's say dogs or with large dogs or whatever and but there are any number of other issues as well they might have pets of their own 
or they're afraid this person might not get along with another person's pets, right? So it, it's it, it, the classic scenario that I'm seeing is where one person has no pets and the other person has usually at least one dog, right? Because dogs need to be walked. And so that leads to all kinds of lifestyle problems. You need to be home a lot. Uh, what happens when you want to travel? Like all of that sort of stuff. So do you think, I mean, do you think, pet owners should only date other pet owners? Or is there something about people who like don't own pets that like should make you like, I don't know, conclude something about their character? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's interesting because as I'm thinking about it, I do feel like a lot, like the pet owners I know tend to date or be with other pet owners or at least people who are are into pets and people who I know who aren't definitely tend to prefer. I think that that preference is stronger. People who aren't pet people, I think very much prefer dating other non-pet people. They don't have pets for a reason. They don't like what it brings to your life, whether it is, and it is different with different kinds of pets. You and I both own dogs. And so like you had said, I think the biggest inconveniences with dogs, if you consider it that, are needing to be home with them pretty often. I mean, you don't want to go more than, I mean, I think a work day is kind of max of how long you'd want to be gone from your dog because they need to go out and go to the bathroom. They need walks. Then like you had mentioned with traveling, if it's somewhere you're trying to drive, not all dogs love cars and wherever you're going may not have pet friendly lodging. And then if you're flying somewhere, very likely, unless you're flying on somebody's private jet, not wanting to bring your dog. And so those costs can add up. I've definitely been in a relationship before where even though my boyfriend and I were both dog people, I did not bring my dogs when I'd go to visit him. He was long distance because his dogs weren't good with other dogs. And so so that's one of the issues we'll talk about, like what happens when your your pets don't get along. But also, you know, it did, it caused significant costs for me. Every time I wanted to go see him, I had to board my dogs or find a pet sitter for them. And so I can definitely appreciate those issues coming up for people. So, I mean... No, in answer to your question, I don't think pet owners should only date other pet owners and non-pet owners should only date other non-pet owners, but I don't know. I think it's a like a decent gauge for how compatible you are likely to be. I think there are exceptions to that. So that's why I don't want to make a broad sweeping statement, but, and also because you don't know people's reasons sometimes either. Sometimes people really want a pet, but their, either their finances or their living situation just isn't the best for it. So they're happy to date somebody else who has a pet, or they might, as you had mentioned, had a pet that recently passed away. I know when my dog before my current dog passed away. I just, I wasn't ready for another one yet. So I was the pet free one for a couple of years, but I love dating people with animals. I do think it's important to mention to people right off the bat, because people do tend to have strong opinions about it and what it means, whether it is the inconveniences it can cause to travel plans, um, having animal fur around if there's allergies or anything like that, or just a lack of preference. Some people don't like to be covered in animal fur on their clothes all the time, turns out. It's just a way of life for me. But so no, I don't think that it's a hard and fast rule, but I do think it's kind of a good gauge. And I wonder if our listeners, I wonder what they would think. I hope some of them interact with us on our on our social media about this. What are some other thoughts you have? Like, Because I know you were really excited about this this episode and talking about all the joy and frustrations pets can bring to our dating life. Yeah, well, so one thing I wanted to talk about too is kind of the issue of, uh, I'm gonna call it misperceptions, right? Where like, you can't always tell, it's, it's interesting you brought up like, hey, people should mention early on that they have pets. Maybe it's not quite as key as mentioning that you have kids, but it's still pretty important. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and there's also sort of less of a concern. Like there's, as we've discussed, there's very good reason to not post pictures of your kids. There's less good reason to not post pictures of your pets. And we know from some of the stats that like, uh, you know, posting a picture with, with a dog, like can definitely get you like more right swipes, right? And, uh, but, but what's funny is that when I right swiped my now husband on Bumble, 
he had pictures with dogs that definitely helped his cause. Like I was like, <laughs> oh, look at how sweetly is interacting with dogs, etc. Right. But like the dogs were not his dogs. It's not like he was trying to trick anyone or anything. Right. But it was like, it wasn't his dogs either. No, some of them were dogs that for one reason or another, he did live with, even if he wasn't the owner. Right. Um, but, but then it was like, oh, wait a second. Like he likes dogs sort of but he doesn't like them as much as i do and now i already have two dogs right when he came into my life and so obviously this was not negotiable like the dogs were were here and you know i i think it's one of those things where like on the one hand like he might be a little bit grumpier about some dog stuff but then you know who is like totally like feeding the dog like you know table scraps and things like that let me tell you, Michelle, it's not me. Okay. So I, I think his, his feelings about dogs are, are maybe a little more, more nuanced than mine. I mean, I'm just like, I, I just love animals and I didn't really have the dogs growing up. And now I'm just like all about them. And they're such a big part of my life. But you know, one of the things I want to bring up that I've wondered when, again, I've heard men complain about this and look i will tell you some of them sounded like pretty legitimate complaints and like there were some pets that were not well behaved and and we'll get to that but how much of this do you think goes back to men not wanting to engage in let's call it basic caregiving right if they don't want kids they don't want dogs like they want the focus to be on only them is that reasonable at a certain point or is that just you know like what is that what's that gonna mean and also okay here's here's i guess what i'm getting at to have an expectation for a guy that you're gonna like land in a woman's life and especially as you get older like let's say you're in your 30s 40s 50s and you know like maybe this woman has been single for a while and like maybe she doesn't have kids or whatever and so Having a companion in the house, a canine companion or a feline companion might have been really important to that person. And so, you know, I'm, I don't know, there's something just about this expectation that you, you're going to plop into someone's life and that that person is not going to have pre-existing obligations to anyone or anything. That the older you get, I, I just don't I just don't know if you can really hope for that or, or how much you're going to pluck out if you do. What do you think? Yeah. I wonder how often that is the case that, like you said, that people are kind of arriving on the scene and thinking, okay, time to make it all about me or me and you. I just don't know. Cause again, that's like, I haven't, I haven't had bad experiences with that. The people who I have been in serious relationships with have all either had pets of their own or there was one who didn't, but he was very, like, maybe even overly tolerant of my dogs. My dogs did not have certain manners at that time. They were constantly trying to be at all up in our business. And he was he was super tolerant and understanding of that. I since, like, got them trained. And actually, both of those dogs have since passed away. But he, he was understanding. And then the other serious relationships I've had, a couple of them had dogs, but several of them had cats which does make me wonder about what you were saying about the caregiving parts. Cats are easier to take care of. They are much more independent, both in the moment and across time. Like they don't always need to be around you. Whereas my dog is at my feet right now and, and always. <laughs> and with cats too, they can actually be left alone for a couple or more days by themselves, especially if you get one of those, the automatic feeder things that feed them because they have litter boxes within the house. And so they're, they're pretty independent. You don't have to worry if you're just taking a weekend away or something about arranging boarding for them. And so it is kind of interesting to me that more of the men that I have had relationships with over time have been cat owners rather than dog owners or, or no pet owners. I just don't know how much what you are asking about is the case. I, I mean, I think it's a good question. And whether it's, you know, men or anyone who 
shows up on the scene and expects to become the center of attention or expects that you're suddenly not going to care about or prioritize your pets who are already there first and who have a much more meaningful space in your life at this point in time. You know, uh, I mean, I think that's certainly a red flag in any case and a marker of, are you sure y'all are going to be compatible? I just, I don't know if it's along gender lines, uh, but I do wonder how much it relates to not being comfortable in the caregiver role or fully respecting that? I think it's a great question. And I think some people really also do want this kind of adventurous, spontaneous lifestyle where you can decide last minute, oh, we're going to fly somewhere this weekend or we're going to do something. And so they don't want to have to worry about the boarding of some animal or the feeding of some animal or something like that. One thing that does come up a lot is pets that are jealous and they get in the way, like people want to like, I don't know, make out or have sex or whatever. And the pet has an opinion about it. Yeah. And like, I've heard of dogs, like, you know, barking their heads off, right? Or like just not being okay with it or physically just trying to get between the two people. And then if they get put in a different room, they might like destroy the door. I mean, I've heard multiple stories like that. This is not not just one, right? And so some of this goes back to, like you were saying earlier, you trained your dogs, like you went the extra step. And here, like, I do want to talk about, okay, so how do you make sure as the pet owner that you are not unreasonable in what you expect from the non-pet owner, right? How are you not rude? How are you not entitled? Like what is, you know, what is fair to expect? At what point, let's say you have a dog, at what point is it okay to ask your significant other, hey, can you walk the dog for me, right? Like, and some of this again parallels, uh, of course it's much more important there but it parallels to some extent when you involve people into your life if like you have a child right and like is is your significant other gonna start helping with that but do you think as lives become entangled should the pet owner be like the one that's 100 responsible you can never expect anything or is it something where it's like no you know why you want to be part of my life you're gonna be expected to help with the pet or is it case by case i think that's a really great question and i think My inclination is that it would be on a case-by-case basis, something you negotiate. I think in some ways it's kind of similar-ish to if there's a child involved. So if you're dating somebody with a child, what is your role? Is your role going to be a person who is dating the child's parent or is your role going to be step-parent or something like that? You know, over time as the relationship gets more serious or if it does result in marriage, something like that. And so I think... I don't, I know it's not a perfect analogy. I I do think it's maybe more reasonable to expect somebody to take on some kind of basic caregiving with a pet or not expect it, but, but wonder if they'd be interested in that, ask about that. I imagine it would be a case by case basis, but I also think part of it, which is also to your point about what is unreasonable for the pet owner to expect from, from somebody they're dating is how, yeah, like what kind of behaviors do you think are appropriate to ask somebody else to put up with, let alone help out with. And also as a pet owner myself, I struggle to relinquish responsibility of my pet to other people, um, especially people who don't have pets or especially like dogs of their own, because I don't think they necessarily understand what a dog or my dog might need. Like I had an ex-boyfriend who had a cat. And so I knew he liked pets and everything and he liked my dog. And there was some point where I was like really bogged down with work or something. And he was like, I'll take your dog on a walk. And I was like, okay, that's really nice. So he was gone for a while. I actually finished up whatever I was doing. I was like, why aren't they back yet? And it seemed like an unreasonable amount of time had passed. So I was like, let me go looking for them just in case something went wrong. Because I tried calling him too and he didn't answer. So, or maybe his phone was like in the house, like it rang in the house or something like that. So I was like, let me, let me go looking for them. So I go looking for them in the neighborhood and I find them and my boyfriend is walking my dog off the leash. And I was like, put that leash on him. And he's like, he's cool. You know, he's always going to be like right on my heels. I was like, no, you don't know what'll happen if another animal comes up, whether it's another dog or like a squirrel running, he's going to be gone. He doesn't have that kind of control. And most dogs don't. And, And even if they did, like to listen exactly when your owner calls, you're not the owner. So, you know, so I, it, I just couldn't believe that he didn't understand all the times he's ever seen me walk my dog. He has always been on a leash. It just never even occurred to me that he would think, 
to let the dog walk without the leash. And so, so, you know, I learned from that, like, I'm never letting my dog go in anyone else's care again, who doesn't have dogs or understand them. So, so I find it to be hard as a pet owner to relinquish control of my animal anyway. But again, I've been on the flip side of it too, where with that other ex-boyfriend I had mentioned, who my dog at the time were not interested in me and my boyfriend having alone time. And they were being overly rude. I will say, I mean, that's on me. And and I think that is on the pet owner. I think training your dogs is part of what you are signing up for, especially if you want to date people or have people over your house. You do need to have your pets acting appropriately. I think it's unreasonable to just tell people coming over your house or people you're dating, oh yeah, my dog's a little weird in this way, but whatever, we just deal with it. Like, no, if it's if it's an imposition, you need to train your, your dog. I think that's a perfectly reasonable thing to ask in a relationship if you're dating somebody with not well-behaved pets and that if you're the person with the not well-behaved pets, I think you shouldn't be offended by that ask at all. I think it is on you to train your animals. I agree with that. And also, it's not the case that you can only train a dog when it's a puppy, right? For example, like it's something that you can do later. Yes, it might be harder. Some habits might be harder to break, but you're just going to have to to work on it. And, And things change, right? And like animals react differently to different people. And you might have to get a trainer involved or sign up for a class and and do something about it yeah i think there is a balance here between okay like you're coming into the life of someone who has a pet like you're gonna have to adjust to some extent but the other person is gonna have to adjust too and sometimes the dog or the cat might have to adjust too and they might not be happy about it at first or they (laughs) about someone being in the home or taking away the owner's attention but Tough luck. And, and here, this is a good segue into another question that I have. It's one complaint that I've heard a lot, especially, again, from men, is especially about women with dogs, I would say, that the woman is treating the dog like the dog is her child. And that the, the dog is sort of like receiving not just attention, but like an outsized amount of attention. And that, you know, the dog maybe doesn't need like, you know, five gazillion walks a day or doesn't need to be, you know, maybe like sitting between you two at every moment or whatever the thing is, where it's not necessarily so much that the dog is poorly behaved. Okay. Not this, because that's, that's its own problem that we just went over, but where it's something that's more sort of like, okay, this person is just like obsessed with their dog, maybe even talks about their dog a lot or like, I don't know, puts bows on it or does like a lot of like, you know, pet grooming and spends a lot of money on the dog and just that that it feels over the top. How, how about that kind of a dynamic? Well, I know in my case, I can say guilty as charged as it relates to that. <laughs> my dog is like, yeah, like a combination of my child and my best friend. So when you factor both of those things together, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to baby my actual child more than age appropriately. But would I baby my best friend if I had the opportunity to, you know, oh, you want, like with the dog, you know, yeah, you need one walk a day, but you want three and that doesn't require a lot for me to give it to you. Yeah, I'm doing that for you. It's like best friend energy there. And so so I know I'm guilty as charged in that respect. And I have been in a relationship with somebody who had a dog whose relationship with his dog was different than my relationship with my dogs. And and he did. He did think I was maybe a little over the top. He also told me, when you have kids one day, you'll understand the difference. But then I had a kid and I don't understand the difference. So, <laughs> so it didn't work out that way for me. I honestly think that truly is a sign, a, a compatibility kind of thing. It's just like, I think, I don't think this is overreaching, but you know, maybe I spend a lot of time and attention on my dog, but do you spend a lot of time and attention on your video games or your Marvel movies or your whatever your hobby is, your disc golf or whatever it is? Like, it's kind of just allowing people the right to their own interests and to what makes them happy. And if it's not directly impacting you or directly harming you, then I kind of think, you know, mind your own business if it's really going to offend you that somebody has this interest in their life or this kind of relationship, then don't be with them. Um, I do think it's the kind of thing where I I think the solution to that is then y'all just don't be together rather than one of us needs to change in terms of our attitude towards who's spending time with the pet and how and what the pet's entitled to. I don't know. What do you think? Well, 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably right in the abstract. I guess the problem that some people run into is that the demographics that they want and the things they like in other respects end up meaning, for example, that that type of person will almost always have a pet. So let's yeah. say you want to date a woman that doesn't have kids or doesn't want kids, okay? That type of woman will very often have a pet or be between pets and like want to have a pet. And so it, it's kind of like, it's going to be sort of one or the other, again, maybe past a certain age, right? Where it's like, you know, like that's just kind of checks out. And maybe then you need to decide, okay, maybe there are at least certain kinds of pets that are less problematic for you. Maybe cats are easier than dogs, like you said, or maybe a small dog is easier than a big dog. Or, you know, I mean, there are any number of like adjustments you figure out. But as usual, it's just one of those things, right? Where it's like certain things come in packages uh, and yeah. you may consider some of these things pros and you may consider some of these things cons and you're going to have to kind of decide like what I, I could also, no, I could also manage in some difficult scenarios where someone says like, okay, fine, I'm going to date the person with the dog, but I'm going to make sure they don't get another dog after that. Right. So maybe I didn't have a say and they might not even think through this as sort of like consciously as what I just said, right? But, but where it's kind of like, okay, I didn't have a say. The dog was already here when I came along. Whatever. The but the dog might, like, you know, the dog will only live a certain amount of years right. and one day it'll be gone. And thinking that's, that's right. the end of it. There will be no more dogs. <laughs> exactly. And then what happens, right? Like what, is this something, I don't know. It's almost weird to think about. Like, is this something people should be talking about from the beginning? Like, once this dog dies, are you going to expect to get another dog? Or is this something that you're open to changing? Uh, and I just, I just don't think that most people would think about having that conversation. Maybe if they listen so to true. our episode, they will. Yeah, right? <laughs> see, this is some good we're putting out into the world. Because I don't know that I would have thought about that. Again, certain things you just kind of assume. Like me as a dog owner, I assume I'm always going to have a dog. And I think lots of dog owners and pet owners feel the same. I think we're more likely to feel that way than to be like, okay, it's fine. I can do without a pet now. But yeah, just as assumptive, if that's a word, I am about this. So might non-pet owners be about... Well, naturally, that was just a decision they made at one point in time. So I think it's such a good point you're bringing up that maybe it is something that people should be talking about earlier on. I know, I think somebody like me gives a lot of clues along the way, like, you know, the next dog I get will be blah, 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 you know, so I, I talk in these kind of terms sometimes. Yeah. And and it helps if you have kids, because they're at least if they're animal loving kids, they're always asking about the next pet anyway. So the person that you're dating will get be privy to those kind of conversations where you're saying, no, I don't want to have more than one dog, or I think it'll be X amount of years till I'm ready for another dog. So they, they inadvertently get some of that information. But yeah, I mean, I think you have a great point. I think that's especially for non-pet owners, people who aren't interested in having pets. Yeah, y'all should probably be bringing that up early on because it's it does tend to be a way of life um, that, that most people aren't interested in giving up. And, and I, I'm glad you brought up the thing with two dogs because this, I'm going to add another wrinkle to what I just said. So it might be that, okay, let's say there were two dogs around, right? And this has happened to you. It has happened to me at the start of some relationships. And maybe people thought, okay, fine. Like at least when one of the dogs dies, like we're going to go down to one dog, right? Like it doesn't have to be two dogs all the time. So even that, like, like for a lot of people myself included having two dogs is kind of a lifestyle like i i feel i feel pretty weird right now. i mean i have been let's see so i had a dog for a year um the dog that just died recently i had him for a year until i got his half sister and then she unfortunately died fairly young of like you know a disease where you just couldn't do anything we really tried to save her and we couldn't and then about six months went by until we got the dog that's my current dog. And so I've had sort of periods of time where I, once I, once I started having two dogs, like I've had, I guess, fairly short periods of time where I went without having two dogs. For, for me, two dogs, two small dogs is the norm. And I, I personally love, I love petting one dog with each hand. Like I love having a dog to each Aww. side. And like, <laughs> I, I mean, it's so funny because I think people who meet me 
like in other contexts, wouldn't necessarily guess that side of me, you know, that I'm like, I'm just like, so like, I'm just like melting when it comes to animals. And it, it's always kind of been that way. You know, like I would be like the person at the party where like everyone would be talking, but I would see like a cute cat and I would be like off petting the cat or whatever, you know? Um, and so for me, like just like paying two dogs, having two dogs that can play with each other, it's just kind of funny because like I, you know, I really don't want two children, right? So it's like, for me, it's like, that's the amount I can kind of manage, like watching two dogs play. Whereas like the thought of like two children squabbling, like was always something that like, drove me up a wall even just thinking about so, so it's just like a fun I don't know I think it's a fun dynamic of course with the right dogs etc and you have to think about breed and like you have to think about a lot of things but I also like okay so here's another difference between people that I think is worth addressing one of the reasons that non-pet people don't like pets is the way the pets can be unpredictable and I think those of us who, who like pets like actually tend to like that, like tend to like that kind of comedic element, right? <laughs> that pets bring to your life. And it's honestly, <laughs> yeah. it's one of the reasons that makes me really miss like my, my dog that died recently is like, like, yeah, he, he would, you know, he would get himself into a, just a little, just a little bit of trouble more than like the dog that's still with me and I adore her and whatever. But like, there was just this kind of element of like, very, very minor troublemaking that I found amusing, but not everybody, not everybody <laughs> thinks that's funny, right? Um, so, so yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just hard to, to navigate and it's hard to know how people will feel. And it's, it's also as a non-pet owner, I think there's a real nervousness if you've never lived with pets, like what that might look like. Like, you don't even know what you're, you already don't fully know what you're getting yourself into moving in with someone, but moving in with someone who has a child or a pet or both or, or multiples of each, or like, I got to tell you, Michelle, I've been sort of like trolling some pet groups lately, just in the sense of like <laughs> hanging around them, I wasn't being an internet troll or anything. And like people were talking about how many dogs they have. And there were so many people with five or six dogs. And the highest number somebody gave was 13. Oh, and, this, no. and there was at least, there were at least one or two more with 12. And, and look, I'm sure some of these people live on farms and like- I was just gonna say they're better with 13 dogs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's not like my New York City apartment. But but even so, it was like, wow, I'm not that bad with wanting two dogs, you know, compared to even like yeah. five. Five. I mean, that's for sure a lifestyle. Like those people aren't ever getting rid of dogs and they're always going to have a lot. And you need to understand that if you're going yeah. to be dating them and all the chaos that ensues with it and all the smell, like the animal smells that ensue, they just have made their peace with that. And that's going to be a part of their life. For sure. So. I also think that where you live in the country, right, is going to influence a lot of what it actually means to have a pet. Yeah. Because yeah, like having them on a farm versus... I think this is another thing with like New York City dating, like you can never really get away from the pet or whatever. Like you're stuck in your studio, one bedroom, two bedrooms, and the pet is always going to be around. And I also think here, like non-pet owners need to manage their expectations because for example, a dog that has never been asked to sleep outside of the bedroom is not yeah. suddenly just going to do that just because you showed up. That's actually a really not impossible, perhaps, but a hard thing to to train the dog to do. So yeah, um, I think there are also questions around hygiene. So for example, I will tell you, I am not a huge fan of people letting their cats eat and sit on the kitchen counter. Oh, yeah, uh, my boyfriend hates that. He said he's trained <laughs> his cats not to. That's, he doesn't know what they're up to when he's gone. <laughs> but I, that would honestly, that would gross me out. Okay. Yeah. And then there, I don't know, like there are other things that, you know, I'm sure it would gross some people out that like my dog sleeps on the bed. Right. Like, yeah. So, yeah. And some of that, I mean, is it's, you know, if it's possible to get a trainer to train the behavior, even at a later age, you know, you've got to, you've got to do that. And I think another good lesson learned is try to train them early on if you can, or like with your next pets. Cause yeah, when I was younger, my dogs would sleep in the bed with me, but as I 
entered into the dating world and things like that, um, I realized, oh, like people aren't going to like that. And it was a hard sell for my dogs and they weren't great learners about that. It did take training for them to understand you're not allowed in the bed anymore. So when I actually one thing that helped was moving houses like um, it they were like, okay, this is a new place, new rules. And that helped some. Um, but then certainly when I got my current dog, I just trained him from the beginning. Like you're not allowed on the bed because I felt like that was an unreasonable, in my opinion, an unreasonable ask for people I was dating to have the dog on the bed. So I just wanted my dog to not have that as an expectation. And the cats on the counter, I think makes a lot of sense too. And I certainly you know, whether a person feels one way or the other about that, you can't begrudge somebody you're dating for thinking it's gross that your cat's feet are all over the counter. That's understandable, whether you agree with it or not. And so I think trying to be considerate of that on the front end, if you're looking to be dating, um, you know, that's the easiest way to do it is to train your animals away from these behaviors that I think reasonably could be considered a bummer to the person you're dating, or maybe even a deal breaker um, to the person you're dating. Speaking of, you know, with the idea of dating somebody when you have a pet and they don't or vice versa, I do think you really need to ask yourself, is it a preference or a deal breaker kind of thing that I have here? I think you really need to be clear. And we've talked about that idea before and multiple of our episodes about how, yeah, you're not going to be able to draw up your perfect partner and then they're just going to exist and find you and be everything you wanted. People are going to have some things you want and some things you don't want. So it's incumbent upon you to figure out what are my deal breakers. And if it's truly a deal breaker, don't date that person. Don't expect them to be something different or to change their ways. And if it is not a deal breaker for you, then I think it's incumbent upon you to do the work to figure out, well, I don't love that they have a pet, but if I want to date them and I'm saying it's not a deal breaker, then maybe I need to do the work to figure out how to get more comfortable with pets or with pet maintenance or whatever it is that I think it's, you know, then you are free to assert yourself in conversation about what you feel comfortable helping with or not. I would also be of the camp to say, if I'm dating somebody, if I'm the one with an animal and I'm dating somebody and they don't want to help with my animal at all, I think that's perfectly reasonable personally. I guess that is a case-by-case decision. But when I took on my animal, I intended to take on all of the care. And if I, I wouldn't expect somebody else to, but yeah, that I think is probably more case-by-case, but surely people need to know for themselves if it's deal breakers or if it's just, I have a preference one way or the other. Well, I think one concern that comes in is something like this. Well, Michelle, you might say now that I'm never going to have to help you take care of your dog, but what if you got sick? What if, you know, like, it's not like I would want to be that jerk that doesn't walk your dog and feed your dog and all that. And there can also be tasks that can be tricky. So I'll give you an example. My dog that died recently was really, really bad about taking medication, okay? And even though he was a small dog, he was 11 pounds and then, you know, lost even more weight, of course, as he got sick, you could not give that dog pills. Like, he would spit them out. Like, he would just cause a whole scene. Uh, We had to get medications, like, compounded by a special compounding pharmacy. So they'd at least be liquid, which made it a little easier But I will be honest with you. I am not sure what I would have done without my husband's help on that. I don't know. Like, I would have actually probably had to have my daughter help me. Like, I think it would have just become like a two-person job because that, (laughs) as small as he was, like, that dog just absolutely refused taking his medication. And, you know, and then my husband did get stuck with that on some level and then of course as the dog got sicker it ended up being more and more medications and it look all of this didn't last very long but it was a stressful couple of weeks right of course also compounded by not knowing what's wrong with the dog and then ultimately the dog being diagnosed with cancer and like all sorts of other bad stuff happening but it, it just there are certain things that pet owners this was the first time that i had an elderly dog and and he actually did pretty well like he didn't have a lot of the problems of old age like we were very fortunate that he lived to over 15 years and it was really only the end of his life when he was very sick but 
even people who are pet owners, if they're first time pet owners, or it's the first time they have a certain kind of pet or a certain kind of breed, they themselves might not know what it's going to mean like five years from now when their dog or cat is older and like, or maybe um, they've had pets before, but this pet develops some disease that like no other pet has had person. And all of a sudden, like you do end up needing your significant other's help, or let me put it this way. Maybe you don't need it in like an absolute sense, but it would be extremely difficult to solve the problem in any other way. Right. And, and yeah. that can become a very tricky imposition, frankly. And I do, look, I do feel bad about how much my husband ended up having to do toward the end of my, my dog's life, right? And that there were certain things where I just, honestly, I could not pry that dog's jaws open. I just couldn't. <laughs> and it sounds ridiculous because a little shit to mix, right? But I just couldn't do it. I don't know if I was like, I was scared that he would bite me. I mean, it's not like he was a dog that normally bit, but that just that he would bite me accidentally or something like that. And so pet owners themselves don't always know all the complications that might be coming. Do you have any thoughts totally. on that? Yeah, I, I do think, I mean, I want to challenge you a little bit there because you said like you don't know what you would have done, but I think you would have figured something out. I think luckily in your case, you did have a husband who, and, and even the fact of how you describe it, I mean, you're so conscientious about it. You said, I feel bad for making him do that. But the thing is, you didn't make him do it. You asked him to and he agreed to. And and if he had said no, I mean, I don't know if that would have caused problems for you guys or not, but if, if he wouldn't have done it, you would have found somebody. You would have gotten creative. See, in my head, I'm thinking I'd go look on local pet groups online, see if anyone would help me with this or have any tips or tricks for this, or what do I do? Got to just bring my dog to the vet to administer this. You would have come up with something, or like you said, if your daughter is comfortable having her help, we get real creative and resourceful in situations where we need to be. And, and the other part I would say there though, is I think it's a good gauge of if people are going to be with you when the going gets tough, because whether it's helping you take care of a sick dog or whether it's helping you if some unexpected issue happened to you that kind of put you out of commission or if you needed help taking care of uh, like being a caregiver, finding yourself in the need to be in a caregiver role for somebody else. I think there are times in life where we feel like this is more than I can handle on my own and it makes sense that I would ask my partner, can you help me in this moment? And I think good partners would say yes. I don't know that they'd say yes to everything you're asking, you know, but I think they would say, yes, I want to help. I, I care to help a person who I care about, who I can see is struggling. And then I think kind of they get to decide what they are comfortable helping with or not. You can ask them for a certain thing. And if they can't do that, maybe they'll follow up with, well, I can't do that, but here's what I can do. Or let's brainstorm some other solution. I do feel like it's such a good gauge as to what this person is going to be like when other hardships arise in your life. I would be terribly put off if I asked. I, I wouldn't want to ask, as you didn't. Like you said, you felt bad about it. I wouldn't want to ask anyone to help. I would prefer to do it myself for a variety of reasons because I feel like I know my animal best. I feel like my animal trusts me the best. So, you know, I would want to do it myself if I could. If I can't and I'm asking for help, I would be terribly put off if the person who I was in a relationship with was like, mm, no. Um, I mean, that would be a problem for us, not only because of, well, you know how I feel about dogs, but I'd take it more as, you know how I feel about being asked to help, you know? Um, and I, I would find that to be really problematic. I'd, I'd have a very hard time getting over that. I honestly don't know if I'd be able to because I've, I've ended a relationship because a partner wasn't able to be there for me when I had a medical thing come up. It was bad timing, I will acknowledge that, but he wasn't able to be there in the way that I needed. And I was like, well, after I've been there for you and you've had stuff come up, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't anymore. It was the end of our relationship. So yeah, I think it's kind of a bellwether of how they might be in other types of situations personally. Yeah, no, I think everything you're saying is is true. I guess I'm, I'm almost having trouble describing sort of like, I mean, giving medication, this was not a once a day thing. This had turned into like a four times a day 
multiple medications each time like th this is why i say like it's not something where you could have just run, run to the vet you know you or like done something with something you would have come up with something you would have come up with something i agree um like i you know i might have had a family member help or, or something no like i would you know i wouldn't have let the dog die because i can't figure out who give him medication but i'm just saying that like look i think ultimately what you're saying is very important which comes back to this there are going to be things in life where you have to help each other, whether it's because of a pet or be, whether it's because of something else. Like you can't expect that everything is just going to be smooth sailing and like whatever. We're all like completely healthy until the end of our lives. And then we just like drop dead and there's no illness and there's no disability and there are no complications and, and nothing like that. And like, if you don't want any of that, then yeah, don't be in a relationship at all. Like, I, and this is why, you know, I am a little bit concerned that some of the people, not, not everyone, but some of the people who are concerned about helping someone with a pet or that the pet is going to have needs or whatever, that they actually are struggling with something larger. That some of the time, and it goes back to what I was saying about whether it's caretaking, whether it's responsibility for others, uh, whether it's being depended on, whether it's consistency, like there's just, there's something, right? Or it's like, you know, at the end of the day, the world doesn't revolve around you and just you and whether it's a pet or a child or just the other adult in the relationship that there are gonna be times, and I mean lots of times, I mean multiple times a day, probably many times a day, where you're gonna to have to suck it up and you're gonna to have to find a way to make it work and to put in the effort and to not put yourself first all the time, right? And not put your own needs first all the time, or you can't expect the other person, like you said, you were there for your ex-boyfriend when he had a medical need. And so absolutely you can expect the same thing. I just, you know, I, I just wonder to what extent is this another area where maybe sometimes people put up with too much, or should I say too little, because there's just so much bad behavior to go around these days, right? That like, you know, finding a semi-decent partner at all can feel like a a, a hunt. Um, I, I know I don't want to go into it too much, but I know you just started watching Jewish matchmaking and I've been yeah. watching Jewish matchmaking. I finished it the season and and I again just got this feeling and I've had this feeling on other shows where it's like okay like there there's there are a lot of nice people on the show and whatever but like where it also sometimes felt like two people were set up and then very quickly one side often a guy would start showing very kind of selfish behaviors like someone who was and, and these are people let's let's just say this these are people who were vetted by a matchmaker these were not people that were, just came off the app so you expect a little bit more right and so when you start seeing behaviors very quickly like the person not returning phone calls or not being consistent in their communications generally or like just all that stuff like i think all of that ultimately might lead to some people making compromises in all sorts of other areas, including this whole pet thing, where ultimately the problems will show up later, right? But because the pool, maybe where you lived or maybe for your sexual orientation or whatever, it was just so not great that at first you were willing to kind of overlook, let's call them orange flags, right? Like, oh, this person is like, kind of putting up with fluffy but is really like resentful about it underneath it all right and then all of a sudden later it becomes a problem so um i think there are actually much larger issues that surround even just this this to some extent somewhat narrow question of pet ownership in dating um like it's all embedded in much larger concerns and behaviors yeah I think you're right. And that's like such a serious note. Meanwhile, I was thinking, I know before we wrap up, there are two things I had wanted to point out. One is like funny, but absolutely true. It was on one of the online dating groups that 
I don't know if this is one that we both belong to or just me. It's a local one night for me, maybe. But um, where somebody was posting a guy and being like, are there any red flags about him? Anything I need to know? And um, and it was a picture of him with his dog. And all the comments under her, like, were people who had dated him but remembered the dog and had more to say. They were like, yeah, forget him. But like, his dog is the absolute truth. And they knew the dog's name and were like, oh, yeah, such a fan of the dog. And so, I, you know, I think it's so funny um, that the people will scout you out and learn about you based on your animal and and maybe even if you're getting some red flags on one of these we're checking up on your sites who knows maybe your dog will end up more popular than you because of its manners and mannerisms um the other thing i knew i needed to say before we um, wrap up our episode today is shout out to my boyfriend because knowing we were going to be recording this episode today i was like you know, you got any good pet dating stories and all, so they could include me. Um, any reactions you have to what it was like dating me and becoming a member of our pack along with Claude, my dog, and my boyfriend said he was just an added bonus. And so I love him for that. Aww. He understands. That is the way to think about Claude. So anyway, I definitely wanted to make those happy points about dating somebody with pets before we wrap up. Any parting thoughts on your end, Irina? Well, I definitely think this is the best case scenario, right? It's like, the pet just becomes like another loving member of the other person's like family, let's say, right? Whether people be, you know, yeah. get married or not, move in together or not. And like, um, and this is where I will also say on a happy note, maybe if you didn't, even if you didn't think of yourself as a pet person or specifically a dog person or a cat person, just stay open-minded. You never know, and you never know what this individual dog or this individual cat might be like, and it might surprise you. And if you give it a little bit of love and a couple treats and a couple cuddles, like maybe, you know, maybe you're going to end up having a really wonderful relationship and it truly is going to be the kind of bonus to your life that you just mentioned. Love you, pets. <laughs> If you enjoyed this podcast please rate it five stars so that others have a chance to listen to it as well and make sure to subscribe so that you can get our future episodes you can become a part of our community by joining the strangers on the internet facebook group or following us at swipe strangers on twitter or on instagram we are also at swipe strangers on mastodon where we are on the fostodon server furthermore you can help defray the cost of this podcast at coffee.com Again, that's ko-fi.com, where we are also at Swipe Strangers. Thank you so much for your help. I would also like to thank my husband, Carlos Farini, for sound editing, as well as Vlad Kuyujuklu for permission to use his music for this podcast. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.